0: Hi, and welcome to In My Town with Emery Hayes. Podcast 11, I Got You, Babe. All material herein under copyright. Yesterday, my first adult mystery novel published with Crooked Lane. I am so excited about this. Cold to the Bone follows Nicole Cobain, the first female sheriff of Toole County, Montana, as she investigates the death of a teenage girl found on icy Lake Maria and comes face to face with her son's father, the man who nearly destroyed her eight years before. Early reviews have been mostly great and has a four-plus star rating on Goodreads and on Amazon, too. And I hope you pick it up and that you love it. And I want to hear either way, good or bad. Now, on to other business matters. There should have been a podcast on July thirty-first. I was tied up with a deadline from back to from the brink, which is book two in the Cobain series. It was due August eighth, but then I had an unexpected request from the publisher that I edit out at least thirteen thousand words without them even reading a single word of the manuscript. I had finished the novel at one hundred three thousand one hundred thirty-three words, and they felt it was too lengthy. On top of that, The Ordinary interrupted my best intentions when we encountered a slab leak. We have had plumbers in the house for a week now, jackhammering through the concrete, laying pipe, limited running water, etc. Yes, utter chaos. But I'm back now, and on to elemental matters of fiction. I've been reaching back into the past, my last two podcasts, beginning with the day I was born. You'll find this podcast on exposition, on introducing the Beatles and have decided to pause and reflect on big and small things each successive year of my life. Today's podcast stops in nineteen sixty five, where I call from fact to create fiction. Here's an example. My father drove a white Ford pickup with red leather interior. The radio only played AM, and there was no air conditioning. The summer I turned three, there was no such thing as a car seat, and seat belts, were still optional. He was a drywall contractor, and the bed of his truck was filled with metal cans of spackle, stilts, and trowels, and what looked like a potato masher on a long pole. Those details are all facts. While running around in my father's truck, the radio often played a satisfaction from the Rolling Stones, and Sonny and Cher were singing, I Got You, Babe. The Jackson Five formed their band in 1965, and my parents managed to tolerate ABC. We were a musical family, and there was always a record spinning on the turntable and concerts to go to. Gas cost 31 cents a gallon, and a loaf of bread was 21 cents. Watt riots burned through Los Angeles. A series of blackouts on the northeastern seaboard lasted from November 6th through November 10th. It was the year color came to TV that's a lot right there that would add texture to the setting of any story the glow of the fires as they rage through the night the acrid scent of smoke the cacophony of raised voices the beat of the music the chilly nights without heat or light we create tone, mood, and atmosphere by building up scenes with deliberate language these are words we sometimes agonize over toss out as not measuring up and celebrate when we hit on just the right one I don't remember any of the events that transpired in 1965. I've seen and heard sound bites we played on TV, through stories my parents, aunts, and uncles have told. And so, what follows in my free write is a combination of facts, trinkets picked up from conversations with family, and my own spin, landing somewhere between creative nonfiction and complete imagination. Now would be a good time to stop the audio and spend 15 minutes free writing. Think about the mood you want to create for your readers or the atmosphere you want them to experience and the resulting change in their attitude. Get the words down and then spend another 15 minutes revising, tending to the language you've chosen. Did it have your desired effect? Free-write. The frost had set into the ground, casting muddy footprints into an unforgettable passage. My father had loaded his truck that morning "'carrying cans of spackle from the house "'where he kept them during the winter so they didn't freeze. "'It had rained during the night, not hard, not so you could hear it, "'but a constant mist that dripped from the trees and freckled the windows. "'But it was night now, past dinner and bedtimes. "'Hold the flashlight,' he said. "'He held it in front of me, but I took handfuls of night air "'before I connected with the cool metal.' We had lost power again. Inside, candles flickered on the kitchen table. The street was dark, and I felt swaddled, head to toe, in blankets, struggling to see, to put one foot in front of the other. It was cold enough my breath would plume. So cold, the ground did not crunch under my steps, but held my weight. He pulled the keys from his pocket. They jingled, but the sound stayed with us. There was no wind and barely any breath. Hold it. On the door handle, he said, and I lifted the flashlight and searched for the driver's door, the chrome push-button handle. Yeah, that's good, he said. I was wearing pajamas and under them thermals. I hadn't zipped my coat and the air got caught in the folds creeping slowly down the sleeves. Someone was playing music. It was low, came from afar, but the beat seemed to knock against the darkness of the night. A little light like through a crack beneath a door. Drums, guitar chords, a single strum producing a thousand vibrations. It drifted as smoke, as waves washing up on shore, as a pulse beneath fingertips. Someone's got a store of batteries, my father said. He'd heard the music too, but we were dazed into rolling blackouts and his radio, the one he took to work, that put the groove into his step, was dead. For Christmas, the year before, I'd gotten a handheld transistor radio. "'I kept it on the nightstand next to my bed "'and fell asleep listening to Sonny and Cher, "'the Rolling Stones and the Beach Boys, daydreaming about white sand and surfboards, "'boyfriends, and satisfaction. "'The offer trembled on my lips. "'He got the truck door open and reached inside, "'over the bench seat, "'and moved around half-empty paper lunch bags "'and a map of New Jersey. "'Yeah,' he said, "'here it is.' "'He stepped back, "'and I raised the flashlight. "'He was holding a package of C batteries.' I bought these the week before the rush on batteries. End of free write. So what was real and what wasn't? I did grow up in New Jersey. We did have the rolling blackouts. We were very much a musical family. Everything else was patched in through my five senses, which is what I hope you did. And what did you write about? Did you go back into your personal history and pull from it moments defined by family or current events? Did you create a setting that triggered mood inside your readers? Were you selective with language? During a vi- revision, was it painful to whittle away that detritus? Finding beneath it that gleaming gem was worth the pain, wasn't it? And that's you chasing the word.